Hello, everyone. Welcome to Better Health While Aging, a podcast that gives you strategies and information about improving the health and well-being of older adults. We discuss common health problems that affect people over age 60, the best ways to prevent and manage those problems, and we also often address common concerns and dilemmas that come up with aging parents and other older loved ones, like what to do if you're worried about falls or safety or memory or even the quality of a senior's health care. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Carnison. I'm a practicing geriatrician, so that means I'm a medical doctor specialized in geriatrics, which is the art and science of modifying healthcare so that it works better for older people and for their families. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what you can do and what you should know if you find yourself worried about an older person losing weight or becoming too thin. So this is something that occasionally older adults worry about for themselves, but I would say it's more common for it to be family members or friends who start to worry about an older person that they know, especially an older person who's living alone. Or sometimes it's even an aging parent who's moved in with a family and who seems to be losing weight. And so then sometimes people start wondering if they should try a nutritional supplement such as Boost or Ensure. And I've also often had people ask me if there isn't some kind of prescription medication that we can give to help the older person eat more. And these are all good questions, but of course, it's always important to start by better understanding what's going on and what might be causing the problem. And weight is actually something that we do try to keep track of in geriatrics. If you want an easy way to uh, somewhat keep tabs on an older person's health, following their weight regularly is something that we always do and it's a nice complement to the other ways that we monitor people to make sure they're doing okay and especially to notice when something might be amiss. So unintentional weight loss. So that means losing weight when you're not on a diet and trying to lose weight, or for some older adults, sometimes they're put on water pills, which do cause weight loss. So if you're dieting or if you're on medication to help you lose water weight, that doesn't count. If otherwise you are losing weight and it's not on purpose, that's called unintentional weight loss. And it is indeed really common in older adults. And as I mentioned, an important red flag um, that something might be going on. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you more about how to look out for this, what it might mean, uh, when you should worry about weight loss in an older person, the most common causes of weight loss in older people, and then we'll talk about how we usually treat and manage unintentional weight loss, and I'll finish with some suggestions on what you can do if uh, you either want to monitor an older person's weight or if you've noticed some weight loss and you're concerned and you want to bring it to a clinician's attention. So why do we get concerned about unintentional weight loss in aging? Well, first and foremost, it is a common problem and experts estimate that if you follow people who are over age 65 for five to 10 years, about 20% of them will experience unintentional weight loss at some point. And some people even say that it's just a matter of if people live long enough, that at some point they'll probably start to experience unintentional weight loss. And that's in part because losing weight is associated with this phenomenon called sarcopenia, which is when you start to lose muscle mass and it's associated with aging and the kind of chronic inflammation that is often associated with aging at some point, 
often in the last years of somebody's life. So why is unintentional weight loss important? There are probably three key reasons why in geriatrics we pay such attention to weight loss and we monitor for it so carefully. Actually, I would say four reasons. The first is that it's quite common. And then the second is that unintentional weight loss is often caused by an underlying health problem that needs to be diagnosed and managed. Another reason is that unintentional weight loss often leaves um, what's often associated with malnutrition. Now, malnutrition is not entirely the same thing. Malnutrition means that you're not getting enough calories and enough nutrients for your body's needs. And so usually you start to experience some signs such as weight loss, such as loss of muscle mass, such as loss of grip strength and other strength abilities. And we also often see a uh, what we call functional decline, a sort of decrease in people's abilities to especially get around and do physical things. Uh, so that's malnutrition. Now, it's possible to be experiencing malnutrition and not have weight loss, but they do go together quite a lot. And that leaves people weakened and more vulnerable to additional illnesses and injuries. And then the last reason why we pay so much attention to unintentional weight loss is that it can be a sign, and sometimes it's the first uh, really obvious sign, that an older person is impaired or is otherwise um, having difficulty in their daily life and might need some more support with daily life tasks. So that's why unintentional weight loss is important. And fortunately, there's actually a pretty easy way to screen for all these problems, and that is to track an older person's weight. So very briefly, if you're wondering, how do you track somebody's weight? The simple way to do it is just to weigh them, generally with the same scale, a good quality scale that you have confidence in, and to do it at least once a month. Now, if you can do it once a week, that is better. If you've been concerned, I would recommend a weight once a week for at least a few weeks, because that gives us some more data points to work with, but if not, at least once a month. And the person should usually be wearing about the same amount of clothing every time. So you can do it without shoes and just in daily clothes, or in some places they do it with shoes. And mostly you want to be consistent about that so that you don't see ups and downs that are actually related to whether or not a person wears their shoes. Now, In many nursing homes and other facilities where older people live, they're actually required to weigh the residents monthly. So sometimes that information is actually available if you're concerned about somebody who's living in one of those facilities and you just need to ask. So you want to track the weight and then you want to keep those numbers somewhere, either in a little paper notebook if you want, but you can also be jotting it down in a note on a smartphone or on a computer. And the advantage there is that it might be a little harder to lose it and it might make it a little bit easier to then print it and share it with other family members or with a doctor. So now once you've started tracking weight, then the question is at what point should you be concerned or should you think about bringing it up? So the general rule of thumb is that if a person unintentionally loses about 5% of their original body weight over three to six months, that's concerning. If they lose it uh, over 12 months, then that might still potentially be worth looking into. 
Now, the reason why tracking is so important is because we do have a certain number of people who uh, say they're concerned about weight loss, but then when we actually track and look at the actual numbers, we don't see it there. Now, it's possible that the person is maybe becoming thinner in their muscles and gaining some weight elsewhere. And sometimes people do actually gain not just weight from fat, but weight from, from water and other bodily shifts because of an illness or a problem. So, you know, you still want to bring it up if you feel like they look skinnier, even if the number hasn't changed all that much. But again, having those hard numbers is really, really helpful. Now, people sometimes ask, well, what about nutrition? You know, is there a way that we can track nutrition? Really, the easiest proxy for tracking nutrition is to track weight. And a little later in the episode, I'm going to talk about some of the tools that doctors use to further evaluate somebody when we're concerned about weight loss or malnutrition. And there is a nutritional assessment, which is available online and actually has a self-administered version that you could try if you wanted to. So I'll, um, I'll discuss that more later. But generally, the easiest way to monitor an older person's nutrition is to actually just check their weight. Oh, and I forgot to mention earlier that you can even take advantage of new fancy technology where there are connected scales that will automatically transmit the weight numbers to either a smartphone or sometimes the cloud by Wi-Fi. So there are ways to make this fairly easy if you get the right device or just organize yourself properly. So about that weight loss. So what does actually usually cause weight loss in older adults? So there are several uh, medical problems that we usually evaluate for when weight loss is brought to our attention. And according to one uh, review article that I found, these are the most common ones. So the one that clinicians often think about is cancer. But actually, when these, the authors of this review article looked over the actual data and statistics, they said that cancer was the cause only in about 10 to 36% of cases, depending on the group that was being studied. And they thought it was often more common for it to be depression or another psychiatric condition that was causing weight loss. Other things that can cause weight loss would be problems with the gastrointestinal system. So that means your stomach, your bowels, and everything kind of between your mouth and your bottom that's responsible for you uh, taking in food and getting your nutrition. So for instance, if you're having a problem absorbing nutrients because of a problem with your bowel lining, that could cause you to lose weight, or it could even be something like chronic constipation which will also cause people to feel uncomfortable and full and might interfere with them eating enough. Other things to consider would be problems with the thyroid, problems with diabetes and blood sugar management, alcoholism, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which usually only causes weight loss when it's fairly advanced, but that's the condition where people are short of breath because they have chronic lung damage. Some people are also actually experiencing a neurological problem, and some of them might interfere with swallowing. This could be damage from a past stroke, or it could be some kind of illness where the nerves are slowly becoming um, dysfunctional or degenerating. We also usually want to consider the possibility of medication side effects. Some medications do have this effect. They either make people queasy or give them pain in the stomach or otherwise make them uninclined to eat. And then according to the review article, in about 10 to 36% of cases, even after an extensive evaluation, 
the cause of weight loss is unknown. So sometimes we do an evaluation and we don't find a cause. Now people sometimes want to know, well, if you do an evaluation and you don't find a cause, doesn't that mean the person still might have cancer? Um, it's actually fairly uncommon. And the reason for that is because usually if people have cancer, they will actually either have other symptoms, symptoms other than just the weight loss that will point a direction, or they'll have abnormalities on the panel of blood work that we usually do when we're concerned about weight loss. So if you get carefully evaluated and they, I'll go into it in a little bit, they ask questions about how the person's feeling and eating and about other symptoms and they do a panel of blood work and everything comes out, you know, normal, no symptoms and no blood work abnormalities. And the only thing is weight loss. This has been studied and it's actually extremely unusual for that to still turn out to be cancer. Now, there is another category of problems that are associated with weight loss and that especially come up with older adults, especially those who are having difficulty either with their memory and thinking or with their mobility. And those are these. So one would be difficulty leaving the house to purchase food. So again, this could be due to bad arthritis, which limits mobility. It could be due to a lack of transportation and, and perhaps a lack of funds to pay for some additional transportation help, or it could be due to memory and thinking problems. If people are experiencing cognitive difficulties or if they have Alzheimer's or another dementia that has progressed to a certain point, they may just not be able to organize themselves to get out and purchase food. Another issue would be difficulty affording food. Some older adults live on a very limited income and may not have enough money for food or may not feel like they should be spending the money on as much food as other people think they need. Another issue that comes up is that some older adults are experiencing pain or difficulty with chewing or swallowing. Medicare usually doesn't cover dental care. Some older people have pretty bad teeth or maybe having difficulties with their oral hygiene. And that can leave them not feeling like eating or that can limit the amount they eat and they might lose weight for that reason. Another issue that sometimes comes up is paranoia about food due to dementia or another psychiatric condition. Some older people become very suspicious of others or sometimes suspicious of their food and uh, may not eat enough because of that. Also related to dementia, some older people just uh, forget to eat or have difficulty organizing their meal preparation. And then lastly, sometimes the food is just not very appetizing. Now already as people get older, they tend to experience decreases in their sense of taste and sense of smell. So the food may not be as appetizing as it was before. And so when you combine that with the fact that some older adults are eating low salt diets because that's been recommended for their high blood pressure, sometimes the food is just not very appealing. And so this leaves them not eating very much of it. So as you can see, there are just lots of possible issues to consider when an older person has been losing weight. So how do we sort through these? And again, people often want to know, well, what's the treatment or can I give boost or insure? And so as is often the case when it comes to the health of older people, you always want to first sort out why is this problem happening before you move on to what is the right treatment or supplement or thing to do to help? 
So how do we sort out what's happening? Again, it starts off with somebody bringing it to the doctor's attention that there's been some unintended weight loss. Uh, We usually double check the weight and try to confirm that there's been the weight loss. And then what we do is we start gathering information about uh, symptoms and difficulties. And then we'll do a physical exam. And then we'll also usually do some blood work. So what kinds of things will we need to find out? Generally, doctors will want to interview the older person and also, if possible, family members. So this is a good time to join that older person at the visit or if they don't want you to, to at least send a letter to the doctor with what you've noticed and what you've been concerned about. Because here are the things, some of the things that the doctor will want to know. So first and foremost, they'll want to know, how is this older person's appetite? Do they like to eat or do they seem uninterested? How has this changed over the past year? They'll also want to know, has the older person been having any pain or difficulty with chewing or swallowing? Have there been any problems with nausea, vomiting, feeling full easily, any abdominal pain? Has there been any diarrhea or constipation? And then they should ask for more information about how the person actually obtains food and gets through a meal. So who does the shopping for food? Who cooks the meal and organizes it? Who organizes the time to eat? Is this person usually eating alone or with others? And so forth. It's also very helpful for the doctors to obtain, if possible, some kind of food diary where either the older person or the family tries to document what the person eats for several days in a row. And that can help everybody get a sense of whether the problem is not getting enough food and other calories into the body versus the body not holding on to those calories or to the weight in the way that we would expect. Now, as I mentioned, along with documenting the weight loss, clinicians will often want to do a little bit more of a nutritional assessment. And one of the best known tools is called the Mini Nutritional Assessment. It's abbreviated sometimes MNA. And there is a self version that is available online. And what's nice is it's available in several languages and also actually in, I think, with different units in English. Uh, So sort of uh, American units versus um, metric units. And so I will post a link to that in the show notes. And then in most cases, even if they've done a careful interview and physical examination, doctors will order some testing, especially blood testing. And exactly what they order will depend on what other symptoms or concerns have been raised. But generally, the test would include a complete blood count, which reports both the, uh, the red cell blood count and the white blood cell count and some other counts related to the blood cells. They'll also check on blood electrolytes and tests related to liver function, One of the tests related to liver function is called albumin. It reflects protein levels in the body and also your liver's ability to maintain those protein levels. So generally that gets checked. And if the albumin level is low, then that's definitely concerning for possible malnutrition. They should also check thyroid hormone and some other tests related to inflammation in the blood. And there are some other tests that they might get. So if you go see the doctor for this, you can certainly ask which tests will they be getting and ask them for this. Last but not least, doctors should also consider an HIV test and a hepatitis C test. 
And then based on the result of all this evaluation, the doctor and older person and family should be able to come to some conclusions about what might be the underlying cause of the weight loss. Otherwise, how do we treat unintentional weight loss? So it is common, unfortunately, for many doctors to turn fairly quickly to either prescribing a high-calorie supplement like Ensure or Boost or even to prescribing a prescription appetite stimulant. This is actually a little bit of a problem. It's such a common problem that the American Geriatric Society chose to name it in their Choosing Wisely recommendations. So Choosing Wisely is a campaign that was launched a few years ago to help uh, patients and doctors recognize commonly used medical care that often is not as helpful as people think it is or might actually be harmful. You could also say that this is care that is often in a way wasteful because it doesn't provide much benefit in many cases and can even be harmful. So because inappropriate treatment of weight loss and poor appetite is so common, the American Geriatric Society did say to doctors that they should, quote, avoid using prescription appetite stimulants or high-calorie supplements for treatment of anorexia, which means loss of appetite, or of cachexia, which means loss of muscle mass in older adults. And so what should doctors do instead? The American Geriatric Society said that instead, they should try to optimize social supports, that they should discontinue medications that might interfere with eating, that they should provide appealing food and feeding assistance, and that they should also talk about the sort of big picture of a person's health with the patient and family. Now, does that mean that it's never appropriate to use an appetite stimulant or a nutritional supplement? Of course not. I mean, sometimes it is appropriate, but mostly what I want you to know is that that's not what everybody should jump to. Now, if you are thinking, though, that you need to help the person get more calories, which one would you do first? I usually don't use an appetite stimulant. The possible exception would be that there are some antidepressants that increase many people's appetite. So if we are already suspecting that depression is the cause of the decreased food intake or contributor to that, then it makes sense if we're picking a prescription antidepressant. And that, again, should be part of a comprehensive package of treating the depression because it's almost never a good idea to only rely on medication to treat a problem in an older person. But if we are going to use a medication, then it makes sense to try one that might have as an additional effect a little bit of appetite stimulation. And so a medication that's often used for that purpose would be mirtazapine. The brand name in the United States is Remeron. Otherwise, you can try to supplement the person's nutrition a bit, but it's often good if you can do this without necessarily using one of these commercial supplements because they tend to be First of all, the taste, I think, is so-so. It probably depends on the person, but they tend to also often have a lot of sugar and a lot of artificial additives. So if possible, you can actually just try to increase the amount of fat and protein that the older person eats on your own. So if this is something that you're interested in doing, I would definitely recommend you talk to the doctor about what might be suitable for your particular health situation or your older relative's health situation. But sometimes it can be fairly simple of just making smoothies with full fat products or additional protein powder. And there are just lots of ways to go about this short of using Boost or Ensure. And again, the goal is to provide nutrient-dense snacks 
and food. So food that has, you know, a little bit more or a lot more, depending on the situation, fat and protein. And then also use fruits and vegetables best you can. So those are the basics about why we follow, why we monitor older adults for unintentional weight loss, what we think about and how we evaluate it. So let me now uh, just try to summarize what I've said with a few key take-home points for you to keep in mind. So number one, tracking monthly weights is a good way to keep an eye on the health of an older adult, especially if it's somebody who is older or frailer or lives alone or has any memory or thinking problems. So I encourage that as part of just monitoring an older person's health and a connected scale can make it a little bit easier to log and share the weight record. Two, unintended weight loss is a major red flag, so take action and bring it up to a doctor or another health professional if you notice that an older person has lost 5% or more of their body weight Or if you're otherwise concerned, if they just seem weaker than before, less energetic than before, less strong than before, even if they just look skinnier in the limbs, even though the weight hasn't changed that much, bring it up because you never know. Next, be sure to be alert to the possibility that an older person might be having difficulty purchasing, preparing, and eating food. These kinds of problems are easily overlooked in older adults. And honestly, you might bring an older person with weight loss to the doctor And they might be there looking for the cancer, the thyroid problems, and, you know, sort of in a way, all the medical stuff and not necessarily think to consider the social supports or the possibility of memory thinking problems or even the possibility of chronic constipation. So ask lots of questions and try to make sure that the evaluation isn't only focused on common medical problems. And then lastly, remember that the recommendation of the American Geriatric Society and other experts in the nutrition and health of older adults is that commercial nutritional supplements and or appetite stimulants should only be used after careful consideration of other options. They should be used, first of all, after careful evaluation, and second of all, after making attempts to optimize social supports, to provide appealing food to checking for oral health, and and also after considering more homemade ways to increase an older person's intake of nutritious and calorie-dense foods. In particular, nutritional supplements often feel like an easy solution, assuming you can afford them, but they're usually not the best way to maintain an older person's nutrition or well-being. So next time you find yourself worried about an older person's nutrition or weight, I hope you'll at least think, have we been keeping track of the weight and can we start weighing him or her once a week? Because if at least you come to the doctor with a few weight numbers, you'll be way ahead of most families who bring this concern to our attention. And I'm sure the doctor will be very grateful to you for bringing in that information. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Better Health While Aging. If you have any questions about something you heard in this episode, you can post it on the show notes page for the episode. I'll also be posting some links to some of the resources that I mentioned in the episode. To find the show notes, visit betterhealthwhileaging.net and click podcast in the main menu at the top. Last but not least, if you've been enjoying the podcast, don't forget to support us by subscribing on iTunes. And if you've already done that, please leave a rating and review. This makes it easier for others to discover our show in iTunes, 
and I would love for the many people who are interested in health or aging or family caregivers to be able to find it and give it a chance. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Leslie Carneson, and I'm looking forward to you joining us for future episodes.